All right, here we are again. This is uh, Mike and Gary, and uh, we're here to talk about the values of Third Day. This is our Permission Ministries uh, podcast, video cast, blog, whatever you want to call it. And we just love talking about some of the values of Third Day. For those of you out there who've been listening, we thank you for your response. We'd love it if you'd uh, give us some feedback. You can go on our website, permissionministries.com. There's a place for emails. You can register for our newsletter, new email blast. And, uh, and we got books, videos, and stuff. And um, anyway, we're going to dig, dig right in. Uh, one of our main values that we have uh, really held close to us, Gary, is the idea of servant leadership. I remember it's a phrase I heard a long time ago from, uh, God, what was his name, Gail something. You might remember him. He wrote a book called Servant Leadership. That really okay. struck me back then of the uniqueness of how Jesus modeled servant leadership. So I'm just going to set you up, buddy. Just talk to us about your your thoughts, your ideas on servant leadership. Well, I, I think at the end of the day, a servant leadership has to be modeled in order to be taught. And we have not had good models. I was raised in a, I'll be candid, very hierarchical church. And um, the subject of leadership in general, it seems to be both polarizing and challenging. And what I say by that is, I've served 10 churches and a bunch of nonprofit, but um, I admit I've served it as a, a lead pastor or a senior pastor, or even our terms are, you know, you gotta, if you got a senior pastor, do you have a junior pastor? You know, you have guys pastoring the buses and pastoring the dogs in the parking lot. The mini pastors. That's right. Um, at the end of the day, Jesus sets it in course at the end of his life. He had talked very much, mm -hmm. talked about the servant even is greater, and he's come to serve. But in John 13, at the Last Supper, that infamous picture, Jesus did something that even for his disciples and the culture he was in was over the edge. As the quote, leader of the group, when they'd finished eating, John 13 said he stood up, took his clothes off, wrapped himself in a towel, and got a basin or a bowl, and he began to wash his disciples' feet. Now, when you study that, we know that at the end of the day, for that organized or structured dinner, uh, that feast, they would have had people coming in as servants to serve the food. and to wash the feet and this whole idea of walking kind of in the dirt of Damascus mm -hmm. of Nazareth had stuff on their feet all the time so so Jesus just literally blew their mind so that the resistance that the leader would be the servant came out yes. flushed out in Peter it was shocking for him oh yeah he just he just basically said Lord stop you're not going to wash my feet. Right. Lord Jesus looked him in the face and said, Hey, listen, young man, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part of me. And then he gets impulsive and he said, Well, then wash my arms, my head, my hands. I remember reading that once. I was, it was shocking if you look at that inside. He, he is adamant. Jesus said, You got nothing to do with me. That's you're, right. You're out. This That's is right. a non negotiable for me. So I'll be honest as a, a Western pastor that we have fallen deep. I think in the Western church into, we've moved into the corporate model of the church. 
and that almost violates the living organism that church is. Mm -hmm. So we have the CEO and the CFO and the COO. And uh, in the early days when I was pastoring smaller churches, I was the staff. <laughs> and I, in, in the early, early days, that meant Saturday night, setting the chairs up, sweeping the room right. or vacuuming it. Right. And then- Most guys starting churches understand that, that you, exactly. you do everything and your, your wife's probably in this teaching Sunday school. That's it. Um, we, there, uh, the church and even logistically one time was so small that we didn't have, well, we only had a, one classroom in the sanctuary. It was double use of that meeting room. We had a youth class with the, uh, the leader or teacher leaning over the, the seat with the front seat and guys, the young teenagers in, in line in the second and third seat. And then the only room left for the children was the bathroom. Hmm. So we used the bathroom, set one kid on the toilet, one kid on the tank, and then another couple of kids on the floor. And it was the known rule in that house. Nobody can go to the bathroom during Sunday school. <laughs> but um, out of brokenness, I think we have often pushed to the high mark and found out that the pulpit, the platform, all those things raised you up. Mm -hmm. And a number of years ago, I began to understand that I needed to say something by doing something. And so I'd often walk off the platform and walk down where the people are. That was a model. But at the end of the day, if, I were, if we're going to empower the next generation to be leaders, we're going to have to show them a different example. Yeah, yeah. And that coming alongside, Romans 12 talks about the gift of exhortation which is the Greek word parakaleo, which is para par, or parallel, kaleo called. So you're called alongside. Mm -hmm. So that, that positioning is not running in front. And I'm a type A guy, I've run in front my whole life, but backing up and making sure that they're empowered to walk with you. And servant leadership is what Jesus modeled. Well, you talk about this in your book, Chaotic Leadership. Yeah where the idea of walking alongside of people in the moment, mentoring and, and speaking to them, that, that could be helpful. Just elaborate that a little bit because I think for some pastors it's, you know, how do you, how do, you do this? I'm leading, I'm behind and following, I'm supporting, you know, you get, this, you get these terms of leading from behind. Right. Which, you know, there's some truth to that, but at the same time, people need leadership. They need to know where we're going. They need to have someone they're confident that's gonna chart the way that's gonna you know, be bold and make decisions that need to be made, at the same time, uh, not minimize other people's efforts or contributions. Well, that shows up in our whole permissional ministries philosophy. So permission is given, for example, to the whole body, to the priesthood of believer. You're not the only voice in the room. I found that I felt more comfortable in a, usually in a small group of guys around a table, around some coffee. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what I wanted to do was set up the atmosphere where it was safe for the newest guy to bring his part of the picture, to talk about what he saw. And it took me a while, but I got comfortable with it. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> to empower people is what you said. 
Leading from behind is a great concept, but you need to know where they're going. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be point for that. I have the old Western television programs and as a model for me where the scout went out. Right. Right. And to put us, you know, to check where the boots were mm -hmm. and the hoofs were and the and the path was and the print was. And then he'd come back and tell the wagon leader and then they would get there. But I really believe at the end of the day for me servant leader to servant leadership to lead as a servant was something I wanted to do and I had to figure out how to do it. I'll give you one story. Well, people need demonstrations. Oh, totally. Yeah. One story. This is one of my many stories. I'm sitting in a restaurant with a bunch of pastors from the area that I'm in. And one of the guys in the room had said, I'd heard the rumor that he'd said some pretty negative things about me. And I realized there was something there. And I just looked at him as he was talking and I felt the Holy Spirit say, wash his feet. I'm in a public restaurant. <laughs> And I hear him, you know, I hear him a couple of times. And so finally I went into But you into probably the... need to do something like that. You <laughs> right. say that to me a couple more yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to yell at me, God. So I went in the kitchen, talked to one of the kitchen helpers. I got a basin and a towel. And I didn't want to make it a display. I wanted to just do it. Mm -hmm. So I walked out of the kitchen, walked right in front of this guy, put the bowl or the basin in front of him. And I looked at him, and this is all I said, I need to wash your feet. And he made eye contact with me. And you could tell that was his willingness to go there. T took off his shoes and socks, washed his feet, and then put his shoes and socks back on. And I took the basin and dumped it in the sink in the kitchen. I didn't do that for me. Hmm. I did that for him. Something broke in that season. Something broke in that moment mm -hmm. that I couldn't have written a book about. Mm -hmm. But chaotic leadership is a model that's very different. To be chaotic means that you enter the chaos of the person you're leading. And you don't fix it as much as you enter well, A lot it. of times we can't. Well, a lot of well, times we don't we, know how, yeah. Well, a lot of times we can't, but the problem is we have a habit of being fixers. So, um, so you come alongside them in the chaos. So you come in the chaos and you bring some order. Mm -hmm. And as you walk with them, you know, the Amos 3.3 passage is one of my favorites, that two can't walk together unless they be in agreement. Where are we going, right. Gary? Right. Well, we're going. And sometimes going somewhere means sitting somewhere and opening in the scripture or... But here's, the I think, the key principle of servant leadership and and leaders aren't really good at it because we've been taught to be preachers and platform driven my early life in the church there's platform chairs kind of the right. thrones and the guest ministers the cler clergy and laity separate. and yeah they were down and out so but the big thing is listening mm -hmm. i can't take you where you don't want to go Right. And as we chat, Holy Spirit speaks to us about where you need to go. And that's where I want to come alongside and help. So we're trying to empower the church, not the leader. Yeah. I mean, you guys, uh, pastors, you know, know what it's like to go to leadership conferences all over America. 
and often it's at at the church that's the biggest in the season or the region so um as i got older i have to say that servant leadership became easier Hmm. because as i got older my egos seemed to diminish enough and uh i want to release pastors if you're if you're watching it this this discussion them right there yeah yeah I want to release you guys to move out of the props and the platform and the pulpits and the barriers between you and the church that you lead. Meet with them, get with them, have coffee with them, hang out with them, walk together. Uh, there's, in, there's some cultures, and I love this example. Uh, in small groups, we used to try this little method. We have a walking stick that you normally take for a hike or something. And we bring it into the small group. And the rule was simply this. You can only talk when you got the stick. <laughs> so we'd pass it no along. No sticky, no talking? <laughs> no stick, exactly. So we'd pass it along. And that's amazing what the freedom. I mean, I'm looking at it. Well, broad order. People gave and it showed honor. Yeah. Who's got the stick gets the speed. Well, yeah. And, I, and I'm looking at this quietest guy in the group. And when he got the stick, he just held it for a little bit. And then he talked. Hmm. So here's a question to ask. You're leading. Who are you leading, first of all? Don't assume because they're in the pew that you're leading them as much as you're teaching them, which is an information transaction. They may just be visiting for the day, as far as you know. But there are people in that room that you walk with. You meet with him at the local Starbucks on Tuesday. You go to his house. I found one of the greatest things for me to do is I would often ask the guys that I'm walking with, can I come to your job? Would that be too interrupted? Mm-hmm. And to go to their job and to realize what they did rather than what you do. Right. Right. So um, I want to encourage you guys to, to risk it. Um, stepping off the platform was what I did. It's going, to, it's, it's going to require a, a willingness to enter into other people's lives relationally right? and, and be vulnerable to them and, and find those who are willing to let you go there because not everybody is. They, there's been times you've probably experienced this where you make that effort and people back away. They don't know what to do. Sure. They've never had a leader come so close. It's intimidating and uh, you know, it sometimes it even hurts the relationship because they don't know how to relate to it anymore. Yeah, let's just or look. temporarily hurts it. Let's examine the word servant leadership. It's not people serving the leader right it's the leader serving the people right and um jesus modeled that you know one of of my favorite scriptures on this is first peter five but here's here's peter an apostle okay walked with the lord i mean you know he's top dog and as everybody would think you know he's the guy that started pentecost and all that and yet he writes to the people to the dispersed ones he said i who am a fellow elder so I see him saying, I know who I am, right. but I want you to know I'm going to relate to you like this. Right. It's that same thing Jesus did in the incarnate Christ, came down, humbled himself, totally. related to them. But yet he goes on to say, and this is what I want you to talk about for a moment, because this concept, I think for some pastors, I get this a lot is, okay, this idea of leadership, but how, of, of serving, but how do I maintain, how do I continue to lead? Because later on, Peter says, you know, he exhorts people to submit one, submit one to another, Okay. But then he also says, you younger submit to the elders. So there's also this sense of there's still that place of authority. There's still that place of someone has to 
at the end of the day, someone's got to make a decision, right? Okay. Someone's got to call some shots. So, how do you how do you balance that between wanting to be a, a leader, a servant, but also I know I have a responsibility to lead these people. Well, I, I'm going to go to the very key word here. It's authority. Right. And we've I've been taught. I was taught early in my life that you don't want to be close to anybody in the church because you'll lose your authority. And uh, I give you a crazy example. I had a pastor friend that always loved to wear suits and ties. And um, so the guys in his church invited him for a fishing trip. He showed up on the dock with his suit and tie on. And before he got, and they told me before he got through with fishing and he yanked in poles and nets and he had that tie off and that coat off, his sleeves he rolled finally, up. He finally relaxed a little bit, huh? Yeah, sleeves rolled up. So you decide. Yeah. You don't lose your, see, authority's not required or taken, it's given. Right, right. And for me, if someone comes along me, here's an old cliche, older than I am, you don't, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. Sitting with someone, here's a practice, sitting with someone, sharing a little bit, interacting, and then being silent and letting Holy Spirit speak to both of you about what's going on. It's a different kind of authority, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a husband, a father, a grandfather, and a great-grandfather. I know my relationships. I know my legacy. But I still have to choose to lead differently. Right. So servant leadership is you and I knowing who we are, not being afraid to take your clothes off, wrap the towel around you, kneel down, and wash their feet. Right, right. Why did they wash their feet? So he could be a big ego? No, because they needed their feet washed. It wasn't a big deal. Right. Jesus said, there was nobody here in the room that's a hired servant to do this act. So he did it himself. Yeah. I love that interaction, John 13. I also know at the end of the day, uh, the platform, the pulpit, the place where you lead from. Mm -hmm. If you are, in fact, the leader, you can adjust that. Yeah. You can change that. Right. Well, I think one of the, the questions that come up is if I get close to people, you know, when you're friends, it's, it may be harder to say some hard, might be harder to see some hard things once you get close to people and they like you have expectations, but actually you build equity with people exactly. when you're, when you have a friendship with them and you get a, you get an insight into them, maybe know how to say it, when to say it, you know, to, you know, use some wisdom and how you come across to people. Oh yeah. Uh, my wife and I always talk about it. She always, uh, you know, puts the finger on some of the arrogance that I have and some of the presumption I have. That's true, here's the fear. If you get close to people, you'll lose your authority. But in our culture, that equity that you're talking about, we have to earn the right to be heard. Well, think about it. Jesus said, and I and all I call you servants, I call you friends. So he's encouraging friendship, exactly. but he doesn't lose his authority. Well, that's a big question to ask. If you're a pastor of a church or leading a small group, um, who are you in that group? What's God called you to be? Mm -hmm. And um, this is a whole new ball game for, for leaders to go to this place of friendship. Mm. 
going to their home, having coffee, going on their job. By the way, I, I'm old, so I always talk about having coffee. <laughs> I spoke at a youth camp years ago, and Jane said, you know what you said to them? You said, you need to get with each other and, and have a Coke. <laughs> she said, I don't even know if they understand that. And so then I said, you need to have a soda. Well, they didn't understand that either. <laughs> and so the point of it is, here's where my reality is. I need to learn to speak their language to some degree right. to identify. It takes the relationship side. That's it. Getting to know people, just like Jesus did. That's it. He came, entered into our world so he could relate to us and uh, serve us. Service. And lead us and yeah. challenge us. Listen, I hope you've enjoyed this time. Some good stuff here. Uh, continue to check us out at permissionministries.com. And also, we have a place where you can do some questions. And we also have a mentoring class we'd like to offer to you. So if, if you're out there as a pastor wanting to explore some of these ideas, you don't have anywhere else to go, drop us a line, give us your information, we'll get back to you and see if we can help. God bless.